Welcome to Crypto Nights, where we help you finally make sense of the trending world of cryptocurrencies. So gather your virtual piggy bank and let's get started. Welcome to the next episode of Crypto Nights, where the best minds bridge the crypto divide. I'm your host, Kant Miriala. Let me start off my, with my usual disclaimer. These are for educational purposes only, not a solicitation nor endorsement for investment. Please do so at your sole discretion. Don't invest any money that you cannot afford to lose because you could lose all of your investment. Be careful, do your due diligence, understand we are not wealth advisors, and so on and so forth. It is my pleasure and honor to invite today's guest speaker, Julian Sversky. Fabulous time. I had such a great time just doing this interview. I hope you will enjoy listening to it as much as I did talking to Julian, CEO of Atlant, A-T-L-A-N-T dot I-O, if you want the website. 14 years in financial markets, seven in hedge funds as a trader, five in investment banks, specialists in identifying value-added opportunities, value-oriented opportunities, serial entrepreneur, investor in multiple startup businesses. So he has a phenomenal track record and he is now building Atlant platform wherein the idea is to bring people who want to sell real estate and buy real estate, rent real estate out and you know, live in them, tenants. So building a blockchain where they can tokenize these real estate properties, make them available in a place as liquid as a stock market. Can you believe that? Wow, what a visionary. So tokenization of property might completely change real estate transactions and ownership transfer as we know them. That is fabulous. And moreover, they're doing a crowd sale. They're in the middle of it. It's going to end by the end of October and so on and so forth. You'll hear all about it, guys, in this absolutely fabulous episode. Without further ado, come join me and Julian Sversky. Julian, pleasure meeting you. Absolutely been very excited about, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you. I love talking to entrepreneurs that are creating disruptions and uh, at Atlanta, you certainly are. I think you and I were connected for almost a month or so going back and forth and you were crazy busy with your ICO. <laughs> so I was just hoping and praying you'll get back when you're able to get a breather. So welcome and uh, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of start off with a little bit of an intro about yourself and Atlant and then we'll dive into it. Absolutely. So uh, about myself, I, uh, my past life, I should say, I, I, I used to be a, an engineer and then I turned into uh, sort of more of a finance business person. I spent a good chunk of my life uh, doing analysis and trading in financial markets. Uh, and my last project uh, is, of course, Atlant, uh, where I'm trying to bridge the gap between uh, technology uh, and, and business and solve, I think, one of, the, one of the most pertinent problems in one of the world's largest markets, which is real estate. Um, and, and just you know, sort of quickly to sum up, uh, we're, we're trying to solve two problems uh, pertaining to real estate. Uh, one is uh, ownership and transfer of, of real estate. Uh, and uh, the second is to uh, make uh, P2P rentals, uh, such as, you know, done by booking or, or uh, Airbnb, try to make it more economical uh, with the same level of service. I see. Okay, fantastic. Those seem to be two completely different kinds of businesses, but I'm sure as we dig into how you built your technology, you will be able to explain why they make sense to be together. Well, I want to start off with a backstory. I found that many founders have very exciting backstories, uh, two kinds usually of how they stumbled into this whole blockchain and crypto world. And second is how did they come about the idea? What was the aha moment that made you feel, oh my God, we need to do this. So can you give us a couple of backstories? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I mean, my whole life I've spent uh, trying to find uh, inefficiencies in the markets, uh, um, in, in, you know, equity, debt markets, etc. cetera. Um, and uh, I stumbled upon this is, is quite interesting. If, if you look at real estate, um, it's actually a much bigger market than, you know, most financial markets. It's... Um, Basically, real estate as a whole is $270 trillion. So it's bigger than stocks, bonds, uh, gold, bullion, cryptocurrency combined. Um, and even, I mean, most of that stays stagnant. 
but even uh, transactions per year are 1.4 trillion dollars, right? Which is just 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 a vast number. And what's interesting um, is it's the most one of the most inefficient and sort of illiquid, non-transparent markets. Uh, and so I kind of looked at my you know past history, and you know it's, it's if, if a stock is trading uh, below a certain point and it should go higher for, for a particular reason, um, you know, usually that gets arbitraged quite quickly. Uh, the question is why? Why is there such a massive market uh, and there are so many inefficiencies? And and this is one of the things that brought me to to say, well, how, how can we fix this? Um, and uh, with with sort of adaptation of blockchain technologies, uh, my team and I think that. Uh, We'll be able to solve this problem. Very exciting. And how did that happen? Was it uh, was it something that you have been thinking about for a long time, and then you came in contact with blockchain, and you said, "Wow, this makes a difference." Or did you first come in contact with blockchain, and later on realize, thought about real estate, and then combine the two? How did it How did it all happen? Was there a story behind that? Sure. Well, I mean, s- several stories. Uh, I mean, with with P2P rentals, uh, you know, myself and you know a couple of other uh, sort of team members had, had had a lot of issues. Uh, you know, just simply booking a room on, on existing services, booking an apartment. Um, there, there's a lot of uh, you know sort of issues you run into in terms of um, you know you you show up, you don't sort of don't get the room that. Uh, that was presented in the picture, and you need to go through various, you know, levels of conflict resolution. It takes time, uh, you know, hassle and effort, and, and you think, well, you know, how can I, you know, I, I went through all this stress, uh, you know, just because I wanted to book, uh, uh, you know, book something online. You know, how is it possible to resolve this? That's one. Um, on the on the purchasing side, there there are a plethora of sites. I mean, so for instance, in the U.S., uh, I mean, you have Zillow, you have, you know, a bunch of other uh, you know, sort of services, and, and and there you see you see offers, right, for for real estate, but but no one really fully understands the picture. You don't see bids, you don't really know where um, this real estate's trading now. And even if you kind of have a sense um, to be able to transact, be able to do something, you need to you know find the seller, negotiate, uh, you know, find a lot of sort of middlemen, do um, you know. Title insurance. Uh, in, in other words, there's so many steps uh, and so many costs that are involved uh, that you know, faced with all this, I just I just don't thought there's got to be an easier way. Um, in terms of blockchain, obviously, it just makes everything transparent. Um, you know right away if there's a, you know, a lien on the property or not a lien on the property. You know, I, I mean, um, if if there's a rating in the system. Uh, you know that it hasn't been manipulated because it's it's uh, sort of it's locked in into block, etc. And so there's various uh, features of the blockchain that that uh, sort of make it you know much easier to uh, to do both uh, you know buying and selling and, and, and rentals of properties. And so so that's how we that's why we decided to put the two together. That is fantastic. Uh, so. I want to start jumping into a couple of things here. One is, uh, what can, uh, you know, if we fast forward, uh, maybe you can even do while you're answering that question, tell us where you are. You know, did you start off this whole ICO process uh, with an idea or did you have a prototype or were you a running business? Where were you? And based on that, you can tell us, when will that sure, platform sure. be ready, and what can be done with that? What can the users expect, etc.? Absolutely. Um, so um, I'm actually I'm actually sitting with a couple of my developers right now. We're we're sort of working hard on the product, and uh, I'm taking off for for, for Barcelona tomorrow uh, to a blockchain conference and present. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, sort of how this all came about, uh, so my CTO and 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 sort of this whole tech team. Uh, about half a dozen people uh, have spent most of their life working in various blockchain projects, uh, whether it be writing smart contracts, you know, on an outsourced basis, or developing exchanges uh, for for cryptocurrency. So they've they've developed throughout their life several uh, crypto exchanges, which which are around now, uh, which uh, 
you know, can trade Bitcoin, Ether, various other uh, cryptocurrencies. And so the thought arrived, well, okay, here you have this sort of massive real market again, you know, $1.4 trillion of transactions. Um, you know, why can't, why can't these transactions uh, go through uh, a similar process that, you know, trading Bitcoin or Ether, uh, you know, entails? So if I wanted to buy Ether, I click a button and I have bought Ether. If I want to, you know, buy Apple stock for $100 or $100,000 for that matter, I click a button and I have bought Apple stock. Uh, why is it so difficult to, you know, buy a piece of, uh, of, of real estate uh, on which I can, you know, earn some sort of income? Well, you know, why does it take so many steps, you know, meeting in person, you know, talking to lawyers? Is, is there a better way? Uh, and so this is kind of what our technology addresses. In terms of um, what we've done so far, we obviously have uh, the previous background of exchanges. Uh, we're, we've now retooled. Um, uh, an exchange to be fully uh, decentralized, meaning it works on smart contracts. And what the way we envisage, so I mean, I'll, I'll talk about the first sort of part, part of the platform. I, I should say, I'll take a step back. Uh, both of our, as, as you've correctly mentioned, we have both rentals and, and uh, you know, buying and selling for this property. Uh, they're quite different, uh, but they run on the same nodes and in essence, you know, 70 to 80 percent of the underlying technology is quite similar. Uh, so we're trying to kind of present uh, a solution to the real estate world. Um, uh, you know, combined solution. In terms of the tokenized property, what the, the way that it sort of works and, and what we have so far um, is the mechanics would be an ad. I'm not talking about a single you know apartment, but a large, let's say, a shopping mall or or a skyscraper uh, would be initially off the chain. Uh, cleaned up all, um, you know, potential issues or, or checked whether the issues exist. So, you know, are there are new liens. Does the owner actually own the, the unit? So, to some extent, there are hurdles that are or traditional hurdles that have to go, you know, that will have to go through once. Uh, once that's done, um, this asset will be placed in a special purpose vehicle, you know, which is sort of a tax optimized LLC, uh, which will hold 100% of the asset, and that'll be its only asset. Uh, then. If this particular uh, company can be tokenized, wonderful. Uh, sometimes it's not. And then we would place it potentially in, in a second wrapper, right, which is a second LLC, which, which can be tokenized. Um, and once that uh, LLC then can be tokenized, uh, we perform something akin to a, a crowd sale or sort of what, what ICOs go through, but, but for a single asset, uh, for a single real estate asset. Um, and then once that's done, uh, a new cryptocurrency will exist, which will represent 100% of the tokens, will represent 100% of the square feet of this property. Uh, and this token will be placed on our platform and, and then traded. And so basically, ownership rights will be transferred uh, by a click of a button as opposed to going through the same hurdles, you know, title insurance, blah, blah, blah. That all only has to get done once. Uh, in terms of what we have now uh, with respect to this platform, we um, we have a, a demo of an exchange that actually should be coming out in about a week, hopefully a week and a half with a, a sort of updated demo as well, um, where mock property assets can be traded. So far, we haven't tokenized yet anything, uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a fully functional live exchange. Um, we've, we've just put it in demo mode. We've put together uh, an Android wallet where property tokens as well as tokens of our platform can be managed as well. It's, it's live on Google Play. Um, and uh, we've written smart contracts that manage uh, and, and sort of structure the, the, the property management. Uh, in terms of, uh, to sort of just very quickly skip to the second platform, uh, our P2P engine uh, will look very similar to the users uh, uh, as, as sort of current platforms do. I mean, the idea is not to make traditional users go through any you know, additional learning steps. So for them, it'll look like, you know, the platforms that they currently love and use. Uh, the main difference will be uh, the cost. Uh, so as I mentioned, so for instance, Airbnb typically will take up to 30% from the renter and the rentee. Uh, for, so for $100 that you spend on one day in room, they keep 30 off. Um, booking, you know, if it's a major hotel, 
we'll we'll charge a bit less, you know, 20, 20 something. But if it's a smaller hotel, we'll charge on the order of the same number. Um, so through through various uh, optimizations, I can elaborate a bit later. Uh, we've managed to lower those fees to three to five percent, so substantial cost savings. And our rental engine should be coming out also in about a week, two weeks or so. So prototypes are already uh, built. Um, and in terms of hopefully around uh, March time, we're, that, that's our stated time. We, we're shooting for earlier. Uh, we should have a fully functioning platform that, that we can deploy. Are both of them going to be in demo mode, both the purchasing as well as renting? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, we, uh, it's funny. We, we actually, uh, uh, I think when we, when we put out the exchange, we uh, accidentally forget to, forgot to take the, the, the button demo mode, and someone actually tried to tried to buy uh, buy a few tokens. And we, you know, we wrote this gentleman an email saying, you know, thanks for trying out our exchange. We refunded all your all, all your tokens and, and placed our um, our exchange in demo mode. So it it it, it is functional. Uh, we put it in demo mode simply because. Um, I mean, we don't have uh, currently tokenized properties. Of course, we can allow, for instance, on Bitcoin trading in our exchange, or once a plant um, after the ICO is traded, traded, we we can launch uh, a plant uh, on, on our own exchange uh, with a cross to Ether, Bitcoin, or other uh, currencies. But uh, we'd like to, you know, sort of fully develop all the features uh, and then sort of turn out turn off the demo mode. But 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 they are fully you know functional. Uh, pieces of software. And even for renting, do you need to tokenize properties, or is it only for selling you need to tokenize properties? Uh, just for selling. So uh, for, for rentals, uh, we basically are going to compete with sort of the booking, Expedia, Airbnbs of the world. Um, and I mean, we see this as a, um, I mean, booking is a fairly established space. Uh, but for instance, if you look at, um, if you look at Airbnb, uh, despite the fact that they've they've grown massively, uh, but what's interesting is it's off of a very low base. So U.S., where they, um, you know, they probably have the largest market, we're talking about a couple of percent of all apartment units. Um, and so, per Goldman Sachs' numbers, uh, the the projection is, uh, you know, for that to, to, you know, within the next five or so years. I don't, I don't remember offhand, but it, to, to approximately double. And what's interesting is also according to Goldman is uh, what they recommend is that uh, Airbnb actually utilize uh, blockchain technology and they foresee that if that happens, growth further doubles. So we think that you know, we're smaller and nimble and we'll be able to do this uh, hopefully uh, ourselves and, 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 and sort of compete. I mean, the market itself is, is, is massively growing. Um, and so it's never it's it's it's, it's an increasing pie, um, and um, you know a full base, and we think we'll be able to capture a good chunk of, um, of the audience. So so I guess to answer your question, uh, it's just traditional apartments. I mean, once everything is built, you could you could rent essentially your apartment on on a plant, uh, or anybody could, or or for that matter, rent an apartment if you, if you go in somewhere. I think the reason I'm confused is because. For rent, for buying, you need to tokenize, and therefore I can understand why you have something in demo mode, but you're going to be releasing in March a fully functional, you know, product. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. for renting the, the the place, why do you need to be in a demo mode till March? Can't you go live now, or am I missing something? Uh, agreed. I mean, we we we. Uh... We've built much more of the functionality of the uh, tokenization platform. We were still sort of uh, flushing out um, the, uh, the sort of the rental engine. That being said, yeah, absolutely, we can we can probably go live before March. But another component that's quite important is, aside from just building the platform, is advertising. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, to I mean, <laughs> we'd like to think if you build it, they will come. But obviously, it, it doesn't always work this way. And so. We'd like to, you know, partner with as many, uh, you know, various hotel chains and, uh, you know, large, large uh, sort of 
rentals of apartments is not always bespoke, meaning it's not just you know one person renting one one apartment. Uh, typically, it's, uh, sort of uh, structures that will use um, you know the platform and rent you know many apartments that they have. So we'd like to partner with you know as many of them as possible and then launch simply because uh, you know as a user you would like to see some sort of choice when you you know put in I don't know Dallas, Texas, or something like this, or or Paris, France. Uh, you know, you don't want to see five apartments. You want to see, you know, 400, 500 apartments uh, that uh, at least that you can, uh, you know, choose from in various locations. So, uh, of course, we'll, we'll launch as soon as possible. Um, uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll try to uh, potentially have a uh, a small uh, sort of group of people, perhaps our early investors, that will open up a platform to perhaps without fees, just test it out. Uh, but to to have a mass uh, scale adoption, we, we want to make sure it's a mature uh, platform. But we're, we're not talking about a long time. Uh, you know, perhaps towards the end of the winter, early spring, uh, we envisage uh, both platforms going up. That makes a lot of sense. That was the answer I was looking for. It's you're kind of seeding the system. That's why you need a little bit more time <laughs> to make sure that once you release something, it is actually useful. Thank you for answering that. So wonderful. And uh, and this is global, right? This is not restricted to any single country. Yeah, I mean, one one interesting thing, I mean, especially about, I mean, about rentals uh, for sure. I mean, you can see that happening in, in existing systems. With tokenization, it's uh, and and sort of you know buying and selling, it's actually something quite new. Nothing like this exists in the world right now. Uh, I mean, I, I should say there are attempts. So, for instance, in, in the U.S., there are several platforms. They're not blockchain-based. So there's Realty Mogul, Realty Shares. What they do is they will allow you to buy, let's say, a chunk of a skyscraper. Uh, you earn some sort of yield on it, and then you could you could buy you could sell it after the fact. And the main problem with them is there isn't really uh, a substantial marketplace, meaning you only have one buyer. Uh, at the end, when you try to sell, and and, and this creates a conflict of interest. Um, so with us, we creating a completely global platform. Meaning, uh, imagine the situation: you have a guy sitting in Shanghai, uh, and he, you know, some money. Uh, he's interested in buying a, I don't know, a, sort of a, a piece of a factory in Munich. Um, he doesn't speak German. He doesn't know German lawyers. He, let's say, he's not super wealthy, but it's enough that he wants to invest. I don't know. Fifty thousand uh, dollars in into this uh, factory. Uh, the the hurdles and sort of the costs for him are um, you know make it completely inefficient to do this. So I mean, if he's a multimillionaire, it's easy. Uh, but if he wants to just you know like I said, fifty thousand or or five hundred for that matter, uh, it's practically impossible. Uh, so with our platform, once this factory is tokenized, once it's trading in uh, tokenized form on on the ADEX exchange, which is a, a quant exchange. Basically, all he has to do uh, is there will be a cross between that the token of this uh, factory and let's say Bitcoin or Ether. Um, with one click of a button, uh, he would be able to purchase uh, a certain number of square meters of this factory, uh, and that will really represent his ownership of this of this asset. Uh, and so this is something that, that before hasn't, has, has never happened. Um, and so it completely democratizes real estate. So even people with sort of smaller uh, budgets, you know, can participate. And also it makes it uh, completely global. Um, it, it doesn't matter where you are. Very exciting. <clears throat> I've seen something similar in a company called Fundrise before, but again, they're not a blockchain-based business, like you said. But people are able to put in $1,000, $2,000 and get a percentage of the rental or whatever is the return. Precisely. It's, it's something similar. But again, you know, what's very important is to have a secondary market in our view. Uh, as a person that comes from financial markets, uh, you know, if you have fair uh, sort of transparent pricing and uh, price finding mechanisms, I think that's important. This is something that real estate currently doesn't have. So after you, let's say if something's tokenized and crowdsold, you know, you have, let's say, a certain... Uh, you know, share of this uh, asset, uh, but how do you how do you know how much it's worth? How do you know where you can sort of sell it and, and make sure that it's a fair price where you're selling it? Uh, well, I mean, if you have bids and offers at any given time, um, you know, similar to uh, regular exchanges, uh, then you know it's fair. 
you know, no one's making you a price. Uh, the market is, is dictating price. Thank you. Julia, now that I, and hopefully along with me, the audience understands the fundamental business model, is it possible for us to now start digging into your tokens, your ATL, the design of ATL and, you know, how does it behave like a utility and all the usual stuff, you know, the ecosystem that uses these tokens and, uh, the developers, the users, the, or the investors, and then the utilitarian value, the limited supply, the increasing demand. So can you start digging into the token design and explain to us so how once you tokenize a two-bedroom apartment or a factory in Munich, how that is represented by so many ATL tokens. So and when, when people want to buy a piece of that asset by contributing that ATL tokens, how is ownership shown to them, you know, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Can you walk me through? Sure. So ATL token is a platform token, meaning that ATL in and of itself does not buy property. Um, so the way to think about it is uh, perhaps uh, think of ATL as an investment bank uh, combined with an exchange. So when a company comes to an investment bank and says, hey, you know, we would like to, you know, list on some, some exchange. Uh, you know, please, sort of, please help us list on this exchange. Uh, the investment bank uh, does the following functions. They do the sort of uh, the meaningful work of listing. They do the legal work. They do sort of advertising, gathering of clients. They, uh, you know, sort of structure the deal. Um, and this is something that uh, Atlant does for each property individually that approaches it or that Atlant approaches. Um, once... Uh, so, so imagine, imagine this, a large real estate developer wants to sell an asset. They don't care whether it's, uh, you know, for a blockchain platform or how it happens. They just, they just want money, right? They, they want to sell a, a large asset. It's very difficult to sell, uh, depending on the location you're in, but it's, it's sometimes, for instance, if you're selling a skyscraper, there's not as many buyers, uh, you know, when you do find the buyers, you need to find financing. Sometimes it's not always easy to, to, to sell a wholesale, a large asset like this. So they'll approach us and we will be able to basically tokenize this asset and in essentially an ICE fashion, uh, crowd sale the asset. Once um, this crowd sale uh, basically creates tokens, different tokens than at one for this particular asset, meaning that um, the tokens uh, that sit in, in the escrow actually of Atlant, once a certain uh, so agreed upon sum that that the seller wants to sell their building for is collected. Uh, the escrow releases these funds either in cryptocurrency form or in fiat through our partners to the seller and to the buyers, uh, the fractional buyers. Uh, tokens get released and tokens represent uh, essentially a part of a company and this company, this whole company holds the actual asset. And so in essence, there's, there's a legal link which is formed between uh, the square, square feet of, of the particular asset and, and, and a token. And then subsequently on the Atlantic platform, on the exchange part, this token trades. So this token will be a separate token for uh, this building. Um, it'll simply trade on the Atlantic platform. Um, so if there's a second, third, you know, fourth building, each building will have a separate token. Now, uh, Atlant uh, platform token holders uh, similar to how, let's say, investment bank functions will receive a certain percentage uh, of uh, of these new tokens as a fee for having um, undergone all this work and, and, and listed this asset. And so, the value to Atlant uh, platform holders similar value that you know, as I mentioned again, you know, bank would receive from from you know uh, a listing company. They receive a certain percentage uh, as as proceeds. Um, so the financial benefit, you know, is that uh, the financial benefit of owning tokens of a particular asset is uh, potential, you know, income that can be earned from 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 rental, um, and then also potential, hopefully, appreciation of of of, of this asset uh, uh, if it should appreciate. Uh, in terms of you mentioned um, um, sort of uh, uh, utility. Uh, uh, interestingly, we um, 
so we, we received legal opinions uh, from both uh, a U.S. lawyer from the Valley, uh, as well as lawyers in the UK uh, and the EU that in, in UK, EU, and, and U.S., our token is a utility token. Um, one of the, uh, the reason for this is as follows. Um, this is not a sort of a passive uh, investment uh, because uh, our system runs on nodes. Uh, and the more nodes we have, the higher the system uh, gets. And so if there's any sort of value uh, transfer, um, or if there's any sort of value created, I should say, this value uh, goes into an escrow account of the system. And the user sees that they've received some sort of value, but, but it's not yet theirs. And so the user is required to run a node uh, of, of, of Atlant. It's open, open source software uh, that, that that's, you know, they, they can run. Uh, and then this value transfer uh, goes into their uh, personal wallet. Now, uh, you know, for user adoption, the user doesn't necessarily have to run a node. They can just open the web, web browser and use the system, uh, and it connects to the nearest node. But then this value transfer wouldn't happen. But uh, because the user basically must perform this work running the node, uh, it's, it's in essence, uh, uh, it's structured as a membership uh, which allows users to earn uh, uh, value um, as, as, as opposed to, say, say you know, passive income. So it's a utility token. Wow, that's a, quite a different view than I had originally anticipated. So in my own words, ATL is like an investment bank. Uh, it's almost like a NASDAQ or an NYSE that you're building for real estate. And uh, you know, if you take one of the exchanges, the exchange itself is tokenized and that token value is increasing uh, because every time you take a property public, <laughs> so to speak, and create tokens and have them trade. So each one of them, so on uh, James Street, there will be James 112 might be one property. James 250 will be another property and another token. So each property is being traded as a separate company, uh, if I understood you correctly. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And uh, so yeah. your exchange will have liquidity and people might be thinking, oh, you know, they're building a school next to that. That house will go up. Let me sell this one and buy that one. So all of this uh, incredible amount of fractional ownership liquidity can probably create a, a highly liquid volatile, much more volatile or much more uh, transient type of a marketplace. So people are able sure. to make dynamic decisions and asset allocations and moments and at low, sure. lower amounts, you don't need to be a high net worth individual, so to speak, to trade in big pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, so each, uh, I mean, initially we envisage uh, having, you know, each token is, I mean, you know, this this is this is just a nominal uh, idea, but you know, each token would be, let's say, one millimeter of property, um, and uh, so you know, you can you can enter with uh, very very small sums of, of money uh, to invest in a particular property. But you know, th think about this you know following story, which um, you know sort of uh, could give you an idea of you know how this could be uh, interesting. Let's say. You know, you live in a particular neighborhood. It's it's a little bit further away from the city, and you know it quite well. And you have an understanding that let's say they're going to build a subway station, you know, across from, you know, one large building there. Well, I mean, let's say you're not a wealthy individual, but you know, if you were, you'd be keen on potentially buying this building because, uh, you know, you know, the subway will give you know more people access to this area, uh, more traffic. Uh, you know, potentially prices will go up. But hey, I mean, you need to find a seller. You need to kind of have an agreement, get financing, and then you. Um, it's not so straightforward. But what if you were able to buy, I don't know, ten dollars of, of of this property, um, and then you know, news comes out. You know, there's sort of uh, you know official government announcements. Yes, we've you know we've, we're going to build the subway in a half a year. Blah blah blah. You know, price shoots up forty percent, and then you can simply you know hit the hit the bid and and you know. Sell, sell your token which you purchased of this particular asset. And any of the transactional costs that are involved will be accumulated into the ATL token. And that's how ATL token mm -hmm. over time, as I'm assuming this whole flow of transactions will create uh, some kind of transactional costs will be accumulated into the value of the ATL token. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, another way to think about this is, I mean, um, this is kind of similar to REITs, real estate investment trusts. 
um, except, you know, of course, they run in our nodes. Um, and reads tend to be, you know, swaths of large assets. So meaning, you know, there is a hospital read with, you know, 100 hospitals. So there is a, you know, some kind of a commercial property read with, you know, 50 skyscrapers. Um, and so the reason reads tend not to be on, you know, a single, uh, so, so reads, what they do is they basically, you know, hold assets in one company, uh, you know, sort of redistribute, uh, you know, any, any, any cash flow that comes from, from rental yields to, to sort of the holders. Um, and, you know, there, there are many REITs that are you know, sort of private and, and, you know, REITs that trade on New York Stock Exchange, et cetera. Uh, the problem there is that you have massive diversification. I mean, some people don't want this, uh, but it's very difficult, or it's actually impossible by uh, re really a REIT on one asset. And one of the reasons is to list on New York Stock Exchange uh, as a REIT, your sort of listing fees and all the, you know, other documents, filings, et cetera, can cost upwards of a million dollars per year. And so this is just something you cannot do on, let's say, I don't know, 20 million, you know, property, right? It's done on billions. Um, because we're trading on the crypto exchange and uh, because the fees are substantially lower, um, it's something that um, that is now made possible. Um, and this should increase uh, sort of liquidity and, and basically transparency in pricing, et cetera. And I mean, there are many angles you can look at. And even for instance, when somebody, I mean, we haven't touched upon this yet, but if you want to, let's say finance, or if you want to, you know, if the bank wants to look on its balance sheet, figure out, well, okay, uh, how much are these assets worth? They usually, you know, kind of guesstimate here. You can just look at the last trade that happened, I don't know, five minutes ago. And you understand where, you know, what the worth of the value, the value of the public. So this really changes again. Very, very exciting. No doubt about that. I am blown away as I understand this. <laughs> I didn't understand it like this in the beginning at all. But uh, the fact that you are an exchange and that you're literally, each property is like a stock. I think that is uh, dots I have to connect. But this is very exciting. So let me, so you have obviously ways in which uh, an owner can onboard, tokenize, and then and sell it off and then all of that. So I'm, I'm sure there is a, there's a beginning and end and somebody could potentially buy an entire house out by buying out all the existing tokens, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, we, we've, we've modeled, uh, I mean, it, sort of in our white paper, we have a lot of various provisions, a lot of various cases, use cases. We've modeled a lot of it after what uh, typical exchanges do, for instance, you know, Singapore exchange, for that matter. Um, where if there's a very large holder that, that buys out, um, you know, substantial chunk of, uh, of tokens and, and wants to buy out, let's say, uh, the rest, there, uh, I don't recall off the top of my head, I believe it's 95% or something like this. There's actually even a squeeze-up provision where, you know, if there's just very few remaining uh, uh, sort of token holders, uh, they can be uh, squeezed out at an average price of, you know, the past certain number of, weeks trading um, and if a token holder buys all tokens uh, they can actually uh, destroy the structure destroy the tokenized structure and then own the physical asset outright we don't envisage this happening often but it's something that we have to give as a as a possibility well this can change the entire ownership concept itself because this might go from people instead of why should i own my house instead of that i'm going to own a hundred other houses and de-risk <laughs> myself. Of course. So I want to. I want to live here, but I want to. Instead of paying a quarter million to this house, I'm going to pay rent here, and I'm going to take the quarter million and divide it across fifty houses somewhere else <laughs> that is growing faster. Because I don't want to move, but I just want to take advantage of the appreciation of equity elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, also look, there's there's obviously substantial interest rate differentials all over the world. So something that. Uh, you know, might look like a normal rate in, you know, one country, it might look like an outrageous rate in another country. So, you know, in developed uh, countries such as the US or UK, um, you know, rates are, you know, incredibly low, right? In, in develop, developing countries, uh, rates are fairly high. Um, and so, you know, somebody can invest uh, in, in such a country to, to earn a higher return on their investment. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, it, it'll still be sort of a more, I mean, some consider real estate a much more conservative uh, type of investment. It'd still be, be sort of a real estate investment, yet you could earn, uh, 
uh, sort of a higher IRI. Also, I mean, another thing which is which is possible is so in developing countries, uh, oftentimes developers will offer, um, you know, when a property is unbuilt, right? When there's it's sort of a hole in the ground, uh, they'll offer um, let's say units on the fifth floor at perhaps I don't know half the price a year before um, the actual uh, sort of, uh, the structure is developed, um, and this is also something that uh, we are now building smart contracts around. So uh, we may manage uh, how the construction company via smart contracts spends the money to make sure that it's sort of done fairly. Uh, and then at the same time, guarantee uh, uh, investors that they basically receive a certain amount of, you know, square meters of square feet um, of this asset. And there, I, it would not just be a rental yield with the rafter, uh, but a very large differential in the sense that you know, once the property is built, it could potentially go up three times, uh, and this is on the back of just you know very high financing rates in, in, in developing markets. Uh, of course, there they're taking uh, uh, sort of some credit risk on the developer building the property, so it's a bit of a different risk. But again, uh, this a helps developers, this b helps people who are interested in take, taking such a risk to receive a higher uh, return on their investment. So we've spoken to. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned, so a couple of uh, my developers are in Russia, uh, where rates are really high. We've been to a very large developer um, in Turkey, uh, where, again, a similar situation uh, you know, exists where you know, developers are starved for money, banks aren't really lending the money uh, at cheap rates, and they're extremely interested in such an opportunity to basically say, look, we're building a, I don't know, a 15-story building, uh, and we could finance it in such a way. Yeah, this is very, I can understand this. And and now comes the tools, right? Analytics, suppose I come in as an investor and say, hmm, can I run some experiments or simulations on past data? And and then you, you might charge me a subscription fee for certain tools that can create additional revenues or predictive analytics on future data and where are things coming up? Oh, there's a bridge coming up. Oh, there's a subway train coming up. What happened when something like this happened in that city? <laughs> you know, what if scenarios? So I can start imagining a lot of tools that you can build on top of this data that can be then monetized separately. Yeah, I mean, th this is something we haven't. Uh, I mean, uh, we haven't touched upon. As you can imagine, we're we're swamped building the system. But uh, yeah, I mean, once once you have, uh, especially once you have enough of these uh, units that are listed on the platform, um, I mean. The, the data mining becomes, uh, you know, fairly interesting, and uh, uh, you know, you can look at, you know, sort of, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, what happens if something is built in a particular city, or you can, you can, you can basically draw much more accurate maps of how property is increasing or decreasing, and sort of what's affecting various areas, uh, and and you can you can potentially maybe even forecast growth or somehow draw some kind of trend lines uh, on the back of, you know, what's going up, what's going down, and sort of what is happening globally. And that, that, that's something that no one really has a full, full handle on. Of course, many real estate companies, you know, have their forecasts, but this would literally, uh, you know, they, they tend to look at transactional data, which, and, you know, large assets such as a shopping mall or a skyscraper, you know, might change hands once every 10 years. Here you can potentially see changing hands once every second. So yeah, mind blowing! It's a, it's a massive disruption. So this is very very exciting, Julian. I th I think I understand. So ca can we now go to your token sale? When did you start it? Where are you? How much have you raised? How much more do you plan to raise? When will it end? Uh, and then when will it start trading on exchanges? Will it be on? public exchanges like Polino or some other places, or will it be only on Atlant's own exchange? So can you give an idea of the token sale? Uh, sure. Um, so we, we started uh, in, uh, we started token sale on September 7th. Um, the token sale runs until the end of October. Uh, currently, uh, we raised about four and a half million dollars. Uh, um, in terms of uh, exchanges, uh, we're fairly active in trying to partner with as many exchanges as possible because we're all about liquidity and transparency. 
so far, we've partnered with uh, uh, Ether Delta, Tidex, Yobit. Uh, we've partnered with a bunch of wallets, Konami, uh, my Ether wallet, ESR, etc. Uh, in terms of other exchanges, we're talking to. Uh, I don't want to name names because uh, mm, some of the yeah, yeah. You know, sort of negotiations are going. Yeah, uh, you know, going on as we speak. But we're, we're speaking to some very major exchanges that hopefully will uh, list us soon as well. And of course, we'll uh, trade on our own exchange. Um, so, I mean, uh, we, we see, uh, you know, really multiple sort of cross listings of, of the ATL token. In terms of subsequent sort of in terms of uh, property tokens, um, you know, we're keen on cross listing them as well on exchanges, but uh, hopefully if if our dream comes true and we're able to list, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of, 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 of various properties, of course, uh, it's been very difficult for any one exchange to uh, maybe at least, you know, to list some marquee properties. But we envisage that most of these properties will trade specifically on the uh, on the Atlantic exchange. Uh, and of course, the exchange will be really geared. Uh, it, it won't just be a typical crypto exchange. It will be really geared towards property tokens. So you can search for properties geographically, you can look for yields, you can, you know, sort of do various other uh, things that are specific to uh, real estate. Um, and another thing I should mention, uh, this exchange and sort of this whole platform will be completely decentralized, meaning that if all of a sudden, and, and completely open source, so meaning if, um, you know, you know, our team changes or something happens, uh, this system will function without uh, other people can continue to develop it, etc. Not, not that we plan to, but uh, uh, of course it's important because you know property is quite a serious business uh, to make sure that uh, this is an autonomous one. It doesn't depend on a particular server. It doesn't depend on, on any subset of people. It, it can function without uh, any any such contingent. In terms of the token sale, we're we're planning to hopefully raise quite a bit more. Uh, the way that uh, our token sale, however, is structured is. Any tokens that uh, we do not sell uh, are burned, uh, which is quite a good anti-dilutive measure. So anyone that purchases now uh, will receive a greater share of upon if we if we don't sell it. And uh, what is the percentage split in terms of what is being sold? What percentage is for developers, bounty, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, about 15% uh, is team and advisory board. Uh, about 12.5% uh, is bounty, which is uh, fairly high, but we want to reward the community and want to make sure that our token you know, is liquid and sort of uh, just has, has a wide circulation. Um, uh, just about 3.5% uh, was uh, pre-sale. We, we had a small, small friends and family pre-sale uh, you know, before the sale. Uh, and SEO itself is 69% uh, of the total buy. So that's what I so, And out of the 69%, uh, percent, how much percent has been already sold for the 5 million, for the 4.5 million? Um, I, I have to double check the numbers. Uh, it's, it's sort of not a, it's, it's not a very huge percent uh, uh, on the order of, uh, I mean, so when we initially, because our sale is in Ether, and, and Ether is a very volatile beast. Um, uh, <laughs> our the total notional of uh, you know in terms of because we're basically pri pricing ETL and Ether, um, our sort of cap has grown uh, you know fairly substantially. Uh, and so so far we've sold, I believe it's on the order of ten percent something like this. I have to double check. Uh, but um, you know what I can tell you, which is uh, you know probably more more pertinent is. Uh, in our model, um, I mean, it's all about scalability. So in terms of building the software uh, and sort of uh, you know, doing proof of concept, we've more than uh, reached our goal. Uh, really, the next uh, steps are, you know, you try to do this in one city, you try to do this sort of in one country or, or globally. It's obviously the more we raise, the sort of the more money we can allot to, you know, the marketing budget, the, you know, sort of, Further IT expenditure, etc. Uh, but uh, I would say even with current, uh, you know, four and a half, uh, roughly uh, million raised, 
uh, we feel quite comfortable um, to, to sort of, uh, you know, launch, uh, you know, the, the product in, around March time. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's very exciting. So, so if it is about ten percent that you already, you could technically raise another. 30, 35 million. So if, if you if you're a fully sold out situation, you're looking at probably around 30 plus million. Now, uh, till what is the deadline? Till when is this sale going to keep running? Uh, the sale runs until October 31st. Okay. So about a month. month I will certainly wish that you will multiply this big time and start accelerating towards the end because this is uh, very, very exciting. I'm very innovative and congratulations to you and your team on coming this far on your dreams. No, we, we certainly do. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're uh, trying to serve the word. I'm, I mean, I, I personally am flying to uh, many conferences. I, you know, was just recently in New York FinTech Week. Uh, I went to sort of uh, London, you know, uh, Blockchain World uh, Forum, uh, flying to Barcelona, flying to um, Dubai in a couple of weeks. So really have our you know schedule full, uh, talking to a lot of investors and funds, uh, and so hopefully you know raise a bit more. Um, also, we have a couple of uh, you know really exciting announcements coming up, partnerships as well as you know with exchanges, with uh, you know letters of intent from uh, developers that are keen on listing on our platform. So you know hopefully things will be going well. <laughs> yeah, definitely all the best, and and that's that's my goal as well, right? So. We are bringing extremely exciting, innovative ideas like this in a very simple and easy to understand language to our audiences. But in the reverse, we are hoping that, you know, when we put this podcast out and give you a link, you can use this as a forerunner. I mean, literally the people that come and meet you at conferences could have already gone through this audio and understood a whole lot of things about you and your business so that uh, most of the FAQs are gone by the time they even come and meet you and mm-hmm. the, the discussion can be far more productive. So that's our goal. And and yet another unique differentiator about Kryptonites is we want you to build a relationship with our audience in the sense this is not a one-off episode like other podcasts tend to do. Our goal is to have you come back maybe quarterly or you know, or if you have some important announcement, maybe on demand <laughs> and come mm-hmm. back and update us and our audience that, hey, guys, we just rolled out this platform or hey, we rolled out into this new city or new country has been added. So each of those mm-hmm. kinds of announcements is something that we hope to do as follow on episodes uh, with entrepreneurs like you. That would be wonderful. No, I mean, we look forward to it. Um... I'm 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 fairly certain soon we'll we'll have a couple of uh, you know very very interesting announcements. So hopefully we can we can chat soon. Thank you, thank you for your time, and this has been an extremely exciting episode. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Nights. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now at www.cryptonights.io.